What is up, everybody? Another episode of the Fan Section Shorts are coming to you. My name is Alan. Um, I'm very excited for this short because it's not a recap. Uh, me and Tyson are going to get together later on this week, and actually we're going to talk about the recap of all the insane games that pretty much set up the playoff and gave the committee a, a really tough time. But this episode coming to you is going to be uh, the AP poll came out, which is today, um, and my list, uh, how it differs, where it changes. And I'm also going to get into a good chunk of recruiting news. We haven't really talked about recruiting as far as the whole month went by because there was just so many games and there really wasn't too many um, people that had actually like um, committed at the time. So we kind of just put it on hold and we were just going to kind of really do one like one big show on it, like a special on it. Um, but obviously there's been a ton of movement. Uh, so pretty short. I think that most of the, the chunk of this will actually be probably more than likely the rankings and where I think the committee will – put their one through six, um, you know, f obviously one through four will be the semi-playoff games. First two out will be five and six, and those two teams always play each other. Um, new news, you know, a little bit of noteworthy fact, number six has beaten number five majority of the time because number five, in the sense, it feels like they got left out and they really don't have anything to play for at that point. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, November 2nd, is going to be very, very different from, you know, December 15th, or I think it's like December 10th or something will be the last one. So there's going to be a ton of change. I mean, it's a whole, you know, really, honestly, a month and a half of changes potentially that can happen. Um, so very exciting, though. But real quick, let's move on to the actual intro. So this is the fan section brought to you for fans, by fans from across the college landscape, from section 100 to section 300, bleachers all the way down to the suites. My name is Alan. Uh, it's just two dudes talking college, dropping knowledge, um, and basically, if you want to get into our email, it's thefansection1 at gmail.com. If you want to get over to our Twitter handle, it's thefansection. So we've actually gotten a lot of uh, new followers, and we want to thank you guys again. Um, shout out to the India listeners, as always. Um, but, yeah, so thank you so much for all those that take the time to listen to it, critique us, tell us, you know, off the, off air, hey, you guys are doing great or whatever. All the positive or negative reviews are great. Um, haven't gotten any actual reviews on Apple Podcasts yet, so like I promised, if you leave us a five-star review, no matter what it says, I will definitely read it on air. So that's kind of a fun thing we do. Um, but moving forward, so the rankings. The AP poll came out, and basically what it means for college is – chaos right as always um the the that's the best way i can describe it it's just pure chaos especially like i said um back in the before the intro the first uh ranking list is always bigger um because you know it's like i think it's actually the the most watched out of all the shows and then the very last one is the we'll you know we'll topple that with the numbers but the number the kudos to the ncaa for putting this show together um, because it gives you something to kind of watch during the beginning of the week, and then you can talk about it all week, and it gives you know guys like us a little bit of talking points. You know, not that we really need it, but it's like more talking points about the rankings, and it just it keeps college football on your mind a lot longer than say you know the NFL, where it's only one day, and then you can drag it out all week if you want, but it's kind of hard to do that. So kudos to them for just it's just basically uh, an eye catcher, honestly. But having said that. Moving forward, the AP poll. So Georgia's one, Cincinnati's two, Bama's three, Oklahoma's four. Michigan State is at five, and Ohio State is at six. I actually thought Michigan State would kind of climb into the top four. Um, I have them in my top four, obviously, um, for my list, but I was actually really shocked. The two things that shocked me was um, Oklahoma being at four, 
and Michigan being at five. I thought that you guys, honestly, you could probably flip-flop. You could probably honestly drop Oklahoma down to six uh, and put Oklahoma or Ohio State at five. Um, I just don't think Oklahoma has really, you know, played anybody, like, outside. I mean, but I did say, and I will backtrack, and I, I, will, I did say this. With Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma is not a top-four team. With Caleb Williams, they are a top-four team. So I think that come Tuesday night when we see that that college rankings, we'll get a really good idea of where the committee ranks Oklahoma pre-Rattler and post-Rattler and pre-Williams, and we'll see as the season ends post-Williams. Um, Williams has definitely been lighting it up, honestly. Um, and we'll dive into that game and his stats, me and Tyson, when we talk about the actual recap of the week and when we do our previews. Um, but moving forward, so obviously my list is going to be different and I see what I look for is a couple of things I look for. Obviously I use my eyes for one, which I feel like a lot of people don't use. Like you can't tell me that there's some, you can't tell me that Oklahoma deserves to be top four. Um, I think they're one of the weakest undefeated teams still, but that's fine. Um, in the sense of like them being that high up. So I also look for a strength of schedule. Like, what teams have you beaten? Obviously, the number one this year is no debate. We can You can't debate Georgia being the best team, especially after how they dismantled Florida and kept them to seven points, honestly, until the third quarter. So really, like, for three quarters, Georgia owned them, but they didn't, like, do it in the way where they – it's a traditional Georgia. Like, they really weren't controlling the line scrimmage, and we'll dive into all that in the preview. This is a little kind of fun fact looking forward. Hopefully you guys can remember that if you – you know, the, for the listeners. Um but I also look for um, how bad did your offense play or how, how much adversity did they face during the game or the season so far? Has there been any big distractions? Has there been any um, quote-unquote, you know, miscues like, you know, Arizona State? I would put them way higher than, you know, probably a lot of people would on, you know, a top 25 list because of all the media and distractions. And they're still playing pretty well for all that stuff. So the, all that goes into account. That's what I like to look for. Obviously, though, teams being – like when you see them on Saturdays, how good do they look? Do they look like a top four team? Do they look like the best team? Do they look like a top you know, six team? Do they look like this team could beat them on a given Saturday? All that kind of comes into play. And it's all like you – know, you know, it's basically like you know, all speculative. You know what I mean? Like it's subjective. It's not me you know, sitting out there with proof saying, well, I think – I mean obviously I have Georgia at one, so I think they can beat anybody in the country. And, you know, bias aside. But what I think where a lot of people are going to get kind of shocked on my list is I put – I'll just go through it, and then I'll explain it later. So I have Georgia at one, and this is my list. So Georgia at one, Michigan State is at two, Bama's at three. I have Cincinnati at four. I have Ohio State at five, and then I have Oklahoma at six. So – Basically, what I'm saying is I don't believe Oklahoma deserves to be in the top four just yet. I need to see them play, and I need to see them win the Big 12, and I need to see if Ohio, if Michigan State is able to continue this trend, which I had Michigan, the, the third best team in the country. I had them as – I still think they're the most complete team in the country, and this was one of the best games I think I've seen this season outside of the a and Bama game. Um, but it was just – both teams were just like, you know what, here's our knockout punch, like – the first play. And then the other team was like, well, here's our knockout punch. And it was back and forth, back and forth. It was honestly like two, it was like Ollie Frazier. Like it was just to the point where it was like, who's going to drop first. You know what I mean? Like who's not, whose depth is not going to be tested. Um, I know that, you know, being from Colorado, 
Tyson's going to hate this, but you have to give credit to Mel Tucker. Like, coming in first year, you beat you beat a ranked team, and you have your team potentially knocking on the door of a playoff. That's pretty amazing, I think. You know what I mean? Like, most of the time you see a new coach, coach turnover, you have a, kind of an attrition year. You have a year where it's kind of a little bit down, and your first year you're really not expecting to do things. But I also feel bad for him because he set the bar pretty high his first year. <laughs> like, going 8-0 to start is – this is no easy – from now on, Michigan State fans are going to be like, we expect this, you know what I mean? Like, Which is good, though, because you want those expectations. You want that bar to be set so high. Um, and I've set the bar pretty high. I'm at two now. I had Michigan at three, I think, just based on um, Bama being um, – they took that loss, and I want to see – I want to put Bama at three until they play Auburn. If Bama's able to beat Auburn, then I'm going to have Bama at two, Georgia at one, and then that will be a fun little – just because those two teams will still be atop the, you know what I mean, like looking down on everybody. So, like I said, my list is Georgia, Michigan State, Bama, um, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and then Oklahoma. And I put Cincinnati at four because obviously they deserve to be there. They they didn't drop 40 this week, but they came pretty close. Continuing to ignore the Power Five or the non-P5 teams I think is very disrespectful in the sense where it doesn't give a team – like Cincinnati or a team like Boise State when they do their runs or a team like, you know, potentially UCF even. The whole point of the playoff was to get more teams potentially to play for a national title. And with the likely expansion of the playoffs coming in 2023 or 2024, it's more than likely going to obviously help Cincinnati and teams like that, right? So I think the best thing that the committee can do is come out and say, we respect Cincinnati, but their only big win is Notre Dame. They have, and you know, for whatever reason, it's just how the schedule is. I, but I can't knock them for only having Notre Dame and Notre Dame continuing to win out how they've been doing. So they, what Cincinnati needs is really bad. Is outside of dropping forty and everybody, they need Notre Dame to continue to win and dominate in their wins to make Cincinnati look that much better. Um, I think that'll really help them. And then I have um, Ohio State. I think that Ohio State is night and day different from the Ohio State we saw from week three on. And they, for whatever reason, Jason Day has done something, um, whether they, he changed the Gatorade you know, formula or he went to a nutritional coach. But these players are looking more explosive on offense. They're looking more um, aggressive on defense. They're looking they, – they control the line of scrimmage, and their offense is really getting it together. And I just wonder if all this extra work outside when they kind of close their doors to the media has really been paying off. Obviously it has. Um, so, yeah, and then I have Oklahoma, and like I said, I'm going to – I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just saying that with Rattler, they didn't look like a top-four team. With one player, Caleb Williams, they do – and I just can't overlook the overall team aspect of Oklahoma. So I'm not saying that Oklahoma is a bad team. I'm just saying I don't have them above right now Cincinnati and Ohio State for me. Um, I And I also think that they're the worst undefeated team out of the bunch. So that's my list. Hopefully you guys actually have like some disagreements. Hopefully you guys have some agreements. Um, let us know over on the Twitter like uh, the, the Twitter like feed or whatever you call it, the page. I think it's we'll call it a page. So yeah, let us know or email us like this is what I would like you to talk about talk about opinion wise or this stat is this and we'll drop it for sure. So um, and like I said, so the second part of this podcast, the fan section short, it's going to be about recruiting, all about recruiting news. I'm going to drop a couple players that you probably haven't heard of. Hopefully they're on your favorite teams. Hopefully not. Um, 
But there was a lot of commitments this week, a ton of them actually. So starting off with uh, Jackson Moy, he's a three-star defensive lineman. He committed to Stanford. Um, he's a very, very big body, big frame. Um, very excited. A good pickup for Stanford, who's actually like their defensive line has kind of been depleted and of like really good talent. I'm not expecting him to start right away, obviously. Um, I think that you know within two years though, he he actually has a chance to be really, really he profiles to be a really good player. Um, then we have Kyle Lewis, who's actually a three-star athlete. He went to Pitt, committed to Pitt this week. Um, Kyle, he's more of a defensive back. Actually, he's been playing in what a lot of defenses in their in their three-four. He'll be like that outside linebacker safety hybrid. Um, he racks up a lot of tackles. He's got a nose for the ball. It's always around the ball. Very quick, good hands. So I think he's profiling more as a as a probably a strong safety or a safety. I would like to see him, you know, get a little bit bigger so obviously that first offseason for for him spending at pit is going to be vital for his actual development um and then we have nathan jones which is a three-star tight end he goes to minnesota kid's pretty solid um he actually might get some playing time as a freshman next coming or this coming year um started working out with minnesota the coaches are really high on him i know that um he was definitely even though he's a three-star and don't let the stars necessarily like sway you from a good player or a bad player. Obviously, it's a good guideline to go off of, but there's been, you know, Jordan Davis from Georgia is a three-star. Todd McConkie from the receiver from, from Georgia is a three-star, and those two are obviously making the biggest impact on the offensive defense This uh, for, for my dogs, you know what I mean? So there is talent in those three-star, like, you know, levels or ratings. Um, and then we have Bennett Meredith, a quarterback, a three-star that went to North, uh, committed to Northwestern. Um, I like this kid. I like – he's a – He's more of an outside pocket passer, and what I any anything outside the tackle box he completes because he's able to see. He's a little bit shorter. You wonder. I mean, he, I I think he's done growing, obviously, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but look for him to potentially be in the mix when he's a junior, um, maybe even a sophomore, depending on some injuries or something like that. But he's not obviously going to start right away. There's still, you know, you got to pick up the entire offense. It's very complex. I recommend early enrolling to any quarterback that wants to play at the next level. Um, it only helps you get in the playback or playbook that much sooner. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm excited for him. I think Northwestern has, you know, potentially, you know, diamond in the rough in this kid. It all depends on how they develop him. Obviously Northwestern isn't known for developing elite level quarterbacks, but there's been a few that come to mind that have played really well at the college level. Um, and then we have four star Dane key. So he, he's a receiver, Big pickup for Stoops in Kentucky. Like, this guy, um, Georgia wanted him. Auburn wanted him. He picked Kentucky over both of them. Um, so it's a very, very big pickup for um, Kentucky and the Stoops and company over there. Uh, obviously, receiver, lightning fast. The kid's got great hands. Um, <laughs> kind of bummed that he went to Kentucky. But, you know, it, it. they just recruited him really, really hard, and he liked it. He had a good feel for the, you know, had a good feel for the campus, had a good feel for the, the offense. And a lot of receivers will go to an offense. Um, you're told don't go to the coach. Go to the go to the scheme or scheme and style of fit that you – or play that you fit best. So it's one of those things where he just – Felt comfortable at Kentucky. And then we have Jason Martin, a four-star, a quarterback that committed to UCLA. Um, uh, not, not, I don't really know too much about him as far as he's got a pretty good arm. Uh, um, I don't really know. I wouldn't say he's a dual threat. Um, 
I wouldn't say he's like a burner, you know what I mean? But he can move, definitely athletic. Um, and then we have Aaron Anderson, a four-star receiver that went to Bama. And this kid actually, honestly, probably should be a five-star. He's rated a little bit low in my book, but um, I think he was overall the seventh best receiver in the in the class. Um, so a huge pickup for Bama. Just means they basically got Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Um, he, comp- he compares actually more to Jalen Waddle than he does to Devontae Smith. Um as far as his route running um, and then his his speed. But someone did say he might be faster than Henry Ruggs. And I was like, I don't know about all that. Henry Ruggs is, is lightning. So we also have uh, Luther Burden, five-star receiver, went to Missouri. So Luther Burden was, I think he was either second or third um, in the class. He honestly probably could have made a case for the best receiver in the class. Um, he picks Missouri, a big shock to a lot of people. Um, no one really kind of had Missouri in the hunt for him. He, Georgia Bama were the, the two that he was linked to the most. Um, but whatever happened at Missouri, he, or, and you wonder, usually when a team like this, that's kind of off the radar, gets a, gets a really, really big player. Obviously early playing time is what, you know, more than likely did seal the deal, but you wonder if there's a quarterback coming and I'm not saying, or if Connor Basilak might stay. And if he does, then Missouri might have a pretty formidable offense again next year. Um, and then we have the two defensive linemen that committed to my dogs. So we have Michael Williams, a five-star defensive tackle. Um, and then we have Bear Alexander. Bear Alexander's story was that he decommitted from Georgia at the very beginning of the recruiting season um, in August. And then, because he was committed to Georgia uh, early on in the, in the spring, and then he decommitted. De- so everyone was like, oh, usually when you decommit, it's like because they're pitching somebody bigger. Well, Georgia was pitching Michael Williams. That's probably why he decommitted. And then he realized that he was a better fit at Georgia. They they didn't actually let off. Usually when a, when a team mutually – and we talked about this in, I think, one of the first two episodes that me and Tyson did. When a when a team or a player decommits, a team goes to him and says, "Hey, we're just we're not going to lie to you. This is who else. This is who else is probably likely going to commit. We're going to go after this kid really hard. We still have a spot for you if you want it. Um, otherwise, you can just say you decommit, and that way there's no hard feelings." Um, Bear Alexander did that. No one else. Georgia didn't give up on him. They still wanted him, uh, and rightfully so. Um, he's he's a monster. He's a five star D tackle for a reason. Um, but they also know that Jordan Davis is leaving. So. Addressing the defensive line is huge. Expect one of these two kids to actually be in the rotation for next season, um, especially if Jalen Carter is able to. Jalen Carter um, goes to the next level, or if hopefully he comes back. So, and then we have um, just news. It's not really anybody committing or decommitting yet due to this game, but the game against uh, so Michigan against Michigan State, there was a boatload of recruits at this game. Um, and rightfully so. There usually are. So games, you know, there was a lot of them at Georgia, Florida as well. There's a lot of them in Iowa, Wisconsin. There's always a ton of recruits more at the rival games than there are just kind of throughout the season or bigger or like other neutral site games. They might be invited as a special guest. And that's the kind of their way around getting an official visit because they just, the team just invited them. They're not, it's not technically in a visit. It's just them going to a neutral site stadium and getting a chance to walk around and hang out with the team a little bit because that's, it's 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 a visit but it's not um so yeah but there was a lot of recruits there was about seven of them um that were in attendance seven of the top i think it was top 150 that were there out of the ones that haven't decommitted there and then i think it was the top 20 seven of the top 20 in michigan were actually at this game so there was a ton of recruits 
uh, that saw the fight between Michigan, Michigan State, and look for Mel Tucker, who's one of the best recruiters in the country, to land a good portion of those kids. They saw what they were able to do against Michigan, and if the Michigan State keeps rolling, it's only going to help that class. I'm not expecting a top five class at all, uh, not this year, but top eight, potentially. Top ten, absolutely. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, you know, and, and I like I said, there's been a bunch of, you know, uh, recruits that have actually had their decisions swayed because of, um, you know, being at the games and stuff. So it's just one of those things where it's fun to keep a look at, fun to, fun to you know, so who was there? Like, for example, Arch Manning, you know what I mean? He's still a hot commodity and a lot of people want him. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode as far as the recruiting. I know we haven't really done it. We've kind of ignored it a little bit. Um, but it was a lot of fun kind of diving into it again. Um, and really, really, really following it again. So I hope you guys did enjoy it. Also, I hope you guys enjoyed my ranking list. Um, keep an eye out. We're going to do an episode that will drop after the recruiting rankings. So that'll be on Wednesday. I'm just talking about that. I'm pretty excited for that as well. Well, without further ado, this has been the Fan Section Short. My name is Alan, and I am out. <laughs>